Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. We have a new student with us. She just moved here from Africa. Welcome. I'm from Michigan. Great. I'm 16, but until today, I was homeschooled. And then it was goodbye, Africa. And hello, high school. Hi, I'm Katie. I'm Janice. This is Damien. Watch out! New meat coming through! This map shows the school's central nervous system, the cafeteria. You got your cool Asians, burnouts, jocks, the greatest people you will ever meet, and the worst. So you've never been to a real school before? Shut up. Shut up! I didn't say anything. Plastics. Who are the plastics? They're teen royalty. That's Karen Smith. She is one of the dumbest girls you will ever meet. I'm kind of psychic. Really? It's like I have ESPN or something. Gretchen Wieners. She has two Fendi purses and a silver Lexus. And evil takes a human form in Regina George. She knows everything about everyone. That's why her hair is so big. It's full of secrets. We want to invite you to have lunch with us. Regina seems sweet. Get in, loser. We're going shopping. Your house is really nice. I know, right? Being with the plastics was like leaving the actual world (laughs) and entering girl world. Have you seen any guys that you think are cute yet? There's this guy in my calculus class. His name's Aaron Samuels. (gasps) No, no. That's Regina's ex-boyfriend. Ex-boyfriends are off limits. I mean, that's just like the rules of feminism. (laughs) Gretchen told me that you like Aaron Samuels. I could talk to him for you if you want. Really? You would do that? You're so hot. Why would she do that? She's a life ruiner. I knew how this would be settled in the animal world. But this was girl world. All the fighting had to be sneaky. I want to lose three pounds. Throw these nutrition bars my mom uses to lose weight. It won't close. It's a five. You could try Sears. Why are you eating a Caltein bar? What? You make you gain weight like crazy. Who does she think she is? I like invented her. I'm sorry I laughed at you. I'm sorry I called you fat. I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me. But I can't help it that I'm popular. Walk it off! Walk it off! Okay. You know who's looking fine tonight? Seth Mosikowski. He is your cousin. What? He's a good kisser. Hey there, it's Brian Davis. And for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie Mean Girls from 2004. The studio was Paramount Pictures. The release day was April 30th, 2004. The running time, 97 minutes with the rating of PG-13. The budget was $17 million and the box office took in $86 million, making it the 28th ranked movie of 2004 and that was domestic gross. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 84% fresh from 187 reviews. Their critics' consensus is... Elevated by a brilliant screenplay and outstanding ensemble cast, Mean Girls finds fresh, female-fronted humor in the high school experience. Roger Ebert at the time gave it 3 out of 4 stars, and here's his review. In a wasteland of dumb movies about teenagers, Mean Girls is a smart and funny one. It even contains some wisdom, although I hesitate to mention that, lest I scare off its target audience. The TV ads, which show Lindsay Lohan landing ass over tea kettle in a garbage can, are probably right on the money, since that scene is nothing at all like the rest of the movie. Was it filmed specifically to use in the commercials? Mean Girls dissects high school society with a lot of observant detail, which seems surprisingly well informed. 
The screenplay by Saturday Night Live's Tina Fey is both a comic and sociological achievement, and no wonder it's inspired not on a novel, but on a nonfiction book by Rosalind Weissman. Its full title, more or less, summarizes the movie, Queen Bees and Wannabes, Helping Your Daughter Survive Clicks, Gossip Boyfriends, and Other Realities of Adolescence. The mothers in the movie are not much help, however, and Fey's screenplay wisely uses comedy as a learning tool. Fey also plays a math teacher named Miss Norberry, who is more plausible and likable than most high school teachers in the movies, and also kind of lovable, especially in the vicinity of school principal Mr. Duvall, Tim Meadows, a former SNL star. Although many of producer Lorne Michaels' movies with SNL cast members have been broad, dumb, and obvious, this one has a light and infectious touch. And it's a revelation to see how Meadows gets real laughs, not with big gestures, but with small ones. Notice particularly his body language and tone of voice during the new prom queen speech. The movie was directed by Mark S. Waters, who also made Freaky Friday from 2003, a superior remake, and emerged from Sundance 1997 with House of Yes, an uneven but intriguing dark comedy with Parker Posey convinced she was Jackie Onassis. Eber goes on to have some plot points, but that's my job, so I'll skip down to the end. Will teenage audiences walk out of Mean Girls determined to break with the culture of cliques, gossip, and rules of popularity? Not a chance. That's built into high school, I think. But they may find it interesting that the geeks are more fun than the queen bees, that teachers have feelings, and you'll be happier as yourself than as anybody else. I guess the message is, you have to live every day as if you might suddenly be hit by school bus. And that's the end of Ebert's review. So as Ebert alluded to, when I initially saw the trailer for Mean Girls, it didn't actually do the film justice. It was marketed as just another teen movie. Yes, I know what I just said. (laughs) For those that don't get that reference, you can look it up. In any case, the movie was a pleasant surprise and sadly one of the last of a handful of great teen movies to come out in many, many years. Unfortunately, I think today's filmmakers are too worried about offending anyone and that anything remotely funny and edgy is now neutered. It really has killed creativity. Now, the good thing is, do we even really need new movies? I know I'm kind of going off a tangent here, but... Stick with me. We literally have over a hundred years of films available to watch at any time with today's technology. And honestly, maybe Hollywood needs a break for a while to recharge and remember why movies were great in the first place. So much entertainment is available now from the past and and with television, I personally don't mind getting only one or two decent films a year. All right. Anyway, let's talk about a great movie from the past. It is damn good movie memories. So let's continue with Mean Girls. Lindsay Lohan plays... Katie, and at this point, Lohan was one of the most promising young actresses in Hollywood, and sadly, Mean Girls would be the high point of her film career, with the turmoil in her personal life making more headlines than her films. But prior to Mean Girls, she was an incredibly successful child actress with two Disney remakes that did really well, The Parent Trap and Freaky Friday. Now, there's a wealth of talent in this film, with Rachel McAdams, Lacey Chabert, Amanda Seyfried... Lizzie Kaplan, Tim Meadows, Amy Poehler, and of course Tina Fey, who, as Eber mentioned, he, he, she wrote the screenplay for the film. And I really wish Fey would write another film, because Mean Girls is absolutely terrific. The director, Mark Waters, he directed three films prior to Mean Girls. The most notable, as Eber mentioned, was the remake of Freaky Friday in 2003. Alright, let's get into the making of the film. Tina Fey, of course, from Saturday Night Live fame, wrote the screenplay based on the self-help book titled Queen Bees and Wannabes. And Rosalind Weissman wrote the book, and it was about how teenage girls in particular are very clicky and how their own insecurities end up causing unnecessary aggression towards other girls. 
So instead of empowering each other, they tear apart a potential bond due to some perceived notion of competition, which isn't really there. Tina Fey found the stories in the book very enlightening, but also humorous, in which she felt she could ad- take and adapt these stories into a screenplay, which of course she did. Typical teenager things like how one girl would hate another girl because that other girl was now dating a boy that she wanted. And even though the other girl did nothing wrong, she immediately becomes a rival. The great part about Mean Girls is that it doesn't dumb down its humor, which is a testament to Tina Fey's writing. It would have been very easy to go with the stupid or way too raunchy humor of today with the cheap laughs. Those films, of course, do have their place, but they never stand the test of time. Also, Saturday Night Live creator Lauren Michaels was on board when he found out that Faye wanted to write this movie. So, having the backing of Michaels was important to get the ball rolling where Paramount bought the rights to the book. The problem that Faye initially had when trying to adapt the book is there really isn't a plot, per se, from a non-fiction book. These were just interviews from real teenage girls, and so Faye's job was to find the story. It's really tricky in high school as you're getting groomed to be adults but don't necessarily have the maturity to be able to grasp that. Some teens do, but many don't. And the ones that find it early are usually the ones that end up being very well adjusted as they get older, but they may have had it rough in high school because they didn't sink to the level of those that didn't mature as fast. It's interesting with Lindsay Lohan because at the time she was really the top young female actor of her era. She again had huge early on success as a child actress and then was kind of transitioning nicely into her older career. Unfortunately, the Hollywood lifestyle sort of took over along with her family drama. And sadly, she just really never kept it going artistically after Mean Girls, which arguably is her peak performance quality wise. And you can't help but think what might have been while watching Mean Girls. It's a shame. So Lohan initially wanted to play the role of Regina instead of Katie, but the producers couldn't find the right person for that particular role. Eventually, Lohan warmed up to the idea of playing Katie and accepted the role. Tina Fey stated that for the part of Regina, it was very important to cast someone that was genuinely nice in real life to play such an awful type of character. The reasoning is, if they're really an awful person in real life, it would be just miserable to work with them on set. So Rachel McAdams was perfect for the role and was perfect as the quote-unquote villain, so to speak. Amanda Seyfried loved the role of Karen and even took jabs at herself that she would have done those ditzy Karen-esque moments in real life. However, the producers initially thought she would be the Gretchen character. The Gretchen character took longer to cast because they couldn't find the right person. Then Lacey Chabert just became that character and the plastics were set. The character of Damien was partly the inspiration of Tina Fey's real friend from high school. And then the character of Janice was partly Faye herself, along with a combination of other friends she had. Initially, the producers felt Lizzie Kaplan was too pretty to actually play the Janice role. But once they gave her character the backstory that she was once a popular girl that became disgusted with the click and changed completely, then the role was perfect for Lizzie. Daniel Franzese, who plays Damien, plays the character perfectly without falling into the pratfalls of a stereotypical gay character in comedies. Again, it's the intelligence of Tina Fey's script that shines, and often Damien gets some of the best lines in the film. Also, the bond between Lizzie and Daniel Offset led to the on-screen chemistry they had. It was almost like they were a vaudeville duo. Director Mark Waters showed the tapes of different actors auditioning for the part of Aaron, and all of the females in the Waters family perked right up when Jonathan Bennett came on screen, and they knew they had found their Aaron. For Tina Fey, Bennett's look and sweetness remind her of Jimmy Fallon. So even though it's not an official Saturday Night Live film, the connection is undeniable with not only Lauren Michaels and Tina Fey, but you get, of course, Tim Meadows, Amy Poehler, and Anna Gasteyer. 
One of the interesting points about the film were the so-called rules that teenage girls have to follow in high school. And often they are unspoken rules that aren't known until broken, which just seems like an impossible task to live up to. Or they're always changing, like moving the goal line just as you're about to score. Alright, let's get into the film. The movie jumps right in and we get the backstory of Katie, Lindsay Wohan, in her first day of public school at the age of 16 after being homeschooled her entire life. It's Katie's big day. I guess it's natural for parents to cry on their kid's first day of school. But, you know, this usually happens when the kid is five. I'm 16, and until today, I was homeschooled. I know what you're thinking. Homeschooled kids are freaks. X-Y-L-O-C-A-R-P. Xylocarp. Or that we're weirdly religious or something. And on the third day, God created the Remington Bull Action Rifle so that man could fight the dinosaurs and the homosexuals. Amen. Katie's parents are played by Anna Gasteyer and Neil Flynn, who are research zoologists, and they spent the majority of Katie's childhood in Africa. Once Katie's mom's tenure at Northwestern University expired, it was back to the United States, and Katie had it rough in the American jungle known as the public school system. Hi. I don't know if anyone told you about me. I'm a new student here. My name is Katie here. Talk to me again, and I'll kick your ass. <laughs> You don't want to sit there. Chris didn't have his boyfriend is gonna sit there. Hey, baby. Uh-uh. He farts a lot. Miss Norberry? My t-shirt's stuck to my sweater, isn't it? Yeah. Fantastic. Is everything all right in here? Oh, yeah. So, uh, how was your summer? I got divorced. Oh. Uh, my carpal tunnel came back. I win. Yes, you do. Well, I just wanted to let everyone know that we have a uh, new student joining us. She just moved here all the way from Africa. Welcome. I'm from Michigan. Great. Her name is Caddy. Caddy Heron. Where are you, Caddy? That's me. It's pronounced like Katie. My apologies. I have a nephew named Anthony, and I know how mad he gets when I call him Anthony. <laughs> Almost as mad as I get when I think about the fact that my sister named him Anthony. Well, uh, welcome, Katie, and thank you, Mr. Duvall. Well, thank you. And um, if you need anything or if you want to talk to somebody... Uh... Thanks. Maybe some other time when my shirt isn't see-through. Okay. Okay. Good day, everybody. The first day of school was a blur. A stressful, surreal blur. I got in trouble for the most random things. Where are you going? Oh, I, I have to go to the bathroom. You need the lavatory pass. Okay. Can I have the lavatory pass? <laughs> nice try. Have a seat. I had never lived in a world where adults didn't trust me, where they were always yelling at me. Don't read ahead. No green pen. No food in class. Bleiben hier in vorgenannten Platz. Tell me you saw the whole thing. Everything. 
<laughs> Did you see nipple? It only counts if you saw a nipple. That's true, dude. I had a lot of friends in Africa. Jumbo! What? But so far, none in Evanston. Katie's math teacher is Miss Norberry, Tina Fay, and the principal of the school is Mr. Duvall, Tim Meadows. You would have thought the producers of the TV series The Goldbergs must have been impressed with Tim Meadows' role in Mean Girls because he's almost the exact character in that show, along with the show's spinoff called Schooled. Also, the whole carpal tunnel injury, which shows Meadows wearing a cast, was actually written in at the last minute because Tim Meadows actually broke his wrist a week before shooting. The first day of school was exceptionally overwhelming for Katie, but the next day she does end up bonding with Janice, which is Lizzie Kaplan, and Damien, Daniel Franzese, who are sort of your movie trope outcasts, which means they're actually very cool, but misunderstood in high school and don't fit into a particular clique. Once they go to college, they'll find themselves. You've seen it a million times in teen movies, so why break what works, right? <laughs> By the way, Janice's full name is Janice Ian, which is the same name as the singer-songwriter from the 1970s. In any case, Janice and Damien quickly adopt Katie as their new friend, and Katie naively skips class without her even realizing it, and she misses this wonderful session. I guess I'll never know what I missed on that first day of health class. Don't have sex, because you will get pregnant and die. Don't have sex in the missionary position. Don't have sex standing up. Just don't do it. Promise? Okay, everybody take some rubbers. However, even though Katie missed those words of wisdom from the gym teacher, Janice and Damien filled her in on who runs the school, popularity-wise. Of all that is holy, would you look at Karen Smith's gym clothes? Of course, all the plastics are in the same gym class. Where are the plastics? They're teen royalty. If North Shore was Us Weekly, they would always be on the cover. That one there, that's Karen Smith. She is one of the dumbest girls you will ever meet. Damien sat next to her in English last year. She asked me how to spell orange. <laughs> that little one? That's Gretchen Wieners. She's totally rich because her dad invented toaster strudel. Gretchen Wieners knows everybody's business. She knows everything about everyone. That's why her hair is so big. It's full of secrets. Hey, hey, hey. Um, what's happening? And evil takes a human form in Regina George. I'll be fooled, because she may seem like your typical selfish, backstabbing, slut-faced hoe bag, but in reality, she is so much more than that. She's the queen bee, the star. Those other two are just her little workers. Regina George. How do I even begin to explain Regina George? Regina George is flawless. She has two Fendi purses and a silver Lexus. I hear her hair is insured for $10,000. I hear she does car commercials in Japan. Her favorite movie is Varsity Blues. One time she met John Stamos on a plane. And he told her she was pretty. One time she punched me in the face. It was awesome. Regina George is played by Rachel McAdams, Gretchen by Lacey Chaubert, and Karen by Amanda Seyfried. Janice gives Katie the down low of where to hang out around the cafeteria. Because you got everybody there. You got your freshmen, Rotsy guys, preps, JV jocks, Asian nerds, cool Asians, varsity jocks, unfriendly black hotties, girls who eat their feelings, Girls who don't need anything. Desperate wannabes. Burnouts. Sexually active band geeks. The greatest people you will ever meet. And the worst. Beware of the plastic. Hey, we're doing a lunchtime survey of new students. Can you answer a few questions? Okay. Is your muffin buttered? <laughs> what? 
Would you like us to assign someone to butter your muffin? I what? Is he bothering you? Jason, why are you such a skis? I'm just being friendly. Uh, you were supposed to call me last night. Jason, you do not come to a party at my house with Gretchen and then scam on some poor innocent girl right in front of us three days later. She's not interested. Do you want to have sex with him? No, thank you. Good. So it's settled. So you can go shave your back now. Bye, Jason. Bitch. Wait. Sit down. Seriously, sit down. Why don't I know you? I'm new. I just moved here from Africa. What? I used to be homeschooled. Wait, what? My mom taught me at home. No, no, I know what homeschool is. I'm not retarded. So you've actually never been to a real school before? Shut up. Shut up! I didn't say anything. Homeschooled. That's really interesting. Thanks. But you're, like, really pretty. Thank you. So you agree? What? You think you're really pretty? Oh, I don't know. Oh, my God. I love your bracelet. Where did you get it? Oh, my mom made it for me. It's adorable. It's so fetch. What is fetch? Oh, it's like slang from England. So if you're from Africa, why are you white? Oh my god, Karen, you can't just ask people why they're white. Could you give us some privacy for like one second? Yeah, sure. Okay, you should just know that we don't do this a lot, so this is like a really huge deal. We want to invite you to have lunch with us every day for the rest of the week. Oh, it's okay. Coolness. So we'll see you tomorrow. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. Oh my god. Okay, you have to do it, okay? And then you have to tell me all of the horrible things that Regina says. Regina seems sweet. Regina George is not sweet. She's a scum-sucking road whore. She ruined my life. She's fabulous, but she's evil. Hey, get out of here. Oh my god, Danny DeVito, I love your work. Why do you hate her? What do you mean? Regina, you seem to really hate her. Yes, what's your question? Well, my question is, why? Regina started this rumor that Jenna's- Damien! Shall we not? Now, look, this isn't about hating her, okay? I just think that it would be like a fun little experiment if you were to hang out with them and then tell us everything that they say. What do we even talk about? Hair products! Ashton Kutcher. Is that a band? Would you just do it, please? Okay, fine. Do you have anything pink? Yes. <laughs> Katie can't wait to get to math class for some normalcy, but then sits behind Aaron Samuels, which is Jonathan Bennett, who kind of looks a little bit like Brandon Rouse's kid brother, and immediately that becomes her crush. I understand math. Nothing in math class could mess me up. Hey, do you have a pencil I can borrow? I've only had one other crush in my life. His name was Nifume, and we were five. Me, me, Nintendo, It didn't work out. But this one hit me like a big yellow school bus. Katie, what do you say? He was so cute. I mean, um, A sub N equals N plus one over four. That's right. It's good. Very good. All right, let's talk about your homework. The next day, Katie gets to spend her first lunch eating with the plastics, and she is informed of the rules set up by them. Having lunch with the plastics was like leaving the actual world and entering girl world. And Girl World had a lot of rules. You can't wear a tank top two days in a row, and you can only wear your hair in a ponytail once a week. So I guess you pick today. Oh, and we only wear jeans or track pants on Fridays. 
Now, if you break any of these rules, you can't sit with us at lunch. Well, I mean, not just you, like, any of us. Okay, like, if I was wearing jeans today, I would be sitting over there with the art freaks. <laughs> oh, and we always vote before we ask someone to eat lunch with us, because you have to be considerate of the rest of the group. Well, I mean, you wouldn't buy a skirt without asking your friends first if it looks good on you. I wouldn't. Right. Oh, and it's the same with guys. Like, you may think you like someone, but you could be wrong. 120 calories and 48 calories from fat. What percent is that? Uh, 48 into 120? I'm only eating foods with less than 30% calories from fat. It's 40%. Well, 48 over 120 equals X over 100. And then you cross multiply and get the value of X. Whatever. I'm getting cheese fries. So, have you seen any guys that you think you're cute yet? Well, there's this guy in my calculus class. Who is it? It's a senior. His name's Aaron Samuels. <gasps> no. No. No, no, oh, no. You can't like Aaron Samuels. That's Regina's ex-boyfriend. They went out for a year. Yeah, and then she was devastated when he broke up with her last summer. I thought she dumped him for Shane Oman. Wait, okay, irregardless, ex-boyfriends are just off-limits to friends. I mean, that's just like the rules of feminism. Don't worry. I'll never tell Regina what you said. It'll be our little secret. Even though I wasn't allowed to like Aaron, I was still allowed to look at him and think about him and talk to him. Hey, Eric. Hey, you're the Africa girl, right? Yeah. I'm Kevin Napore, captain of the North Shore Mathletes. We participate in math challenges against other high schools around the state, and we can get twice as much funding if we've got a girl. So you should think about joining. Oh, you'd be perfect for it. Yeah, definitely. Great, great. Let me give you my card. Okay, so uh, think it over. Because we'd like to get jackets. So then the Plastics decide to take Katie to the mall. Katie is wearing a long baggy polo shirt, which is actually Damien's, and her jeans. While the other girls are dressed like Barbie dolls. Katie also gets a glimpse of Regina's dark side. Being at Old Orchard Mall kind of reminded me of being home in Africa. By the watering hole. And the animals are in heat. Oh my god, there's Jason. Where? Oh, there he is. Oh, and he's with Taylor Waddell. I heard they're going out. Wait, Jason's not going out with Taylor. No, he cannot blow you off like that. He's such a little skis. Give me your phone. You're not gonna call him, right? Do you think I'm an idiot? No. Waddell on South Boulevard? Call her ID. Not when you connect from information. Hello? Hello, may I please speak to Taylor Waddell? She's not home yet. Who's calling? Oh, this is Susan from Planned Parenthood. I have her test results. If you could have her give me a call as soon as she can. It's urgent. Thank you. She's not going out with anyone. Okay, that was so fetch. <laughs> So the group decides to go to Regina's house after the mall, and we are introduced to Regina's mom, played by the always hilarious Amy Poehler, who was really only seven years older than Rachel McAdams. Tina Fey realized she was way too young to play her mom, but she was so perfect for the role, hence the casting. Wow, your house is really nice. I know, right? 
Make sure you check out her mom's boob job. Their heart is rocks. I'm home. Hey, Kylie. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. How are my best girlfriends? Hey, Mrs. George. This is Katie. Hello, sweetheart. Hi. Welcome to our home. I want you to know, if you need anything, don't be shy, okay? There are no rules in this house. I'm not like a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. <laughs> right, Regina? Please stop talking. Okay. I'm gonna make you girls a hump day treat. This is your room? It was my parents' room. But I made them trade me. Hey, put on 98.8. Katie, do you even know who sings this? Um, the Spice Girls? <laughs> I love her. She's like a Martian. God, my hips are huge. Oh, please, I hate my calves. But you guys can wear halters. I've got man shoulders. I used to think there was just fat and skinny. Apparently, there's a lot of things that can be wrong on your body. My hairline is so weird. My pores are huge. My nail beds suck. I have really bad breath in the morning. Ew. Hey, you guys, happy hour is from four to six. <laughs> um, is there alcohol in this? <gasps> oh, God, honey, no. What kind of mother do you think I am? <laughs> Why do you want a little bit? Because if you're going to drink, I'd rather you do it in the house. No, thank you. So, you guys, what is the 411? What has everybody been up to? What is the hot gossip? Tell me everything. What are you guys listening to? What's the cool jams? Mom, <laughs> could you go fix your hair? Okay. You girls keep me young. Oh, I love you so much. <gasps> oh my God, I remember this. Oh, I haven't looked at that in forever. Here, check it out, Katie. It's our burn book. So we cut out girls' pictures from the yearbook, and then we wrote comments. Trang Pack is a grusky little biatch. Still true. Don Schweitzer is a fat virgin. Still have true. <laughs> Amber D'Alessio, she made out with a hot dog. Janice Ian Dyke. Who is that? I think that's that kid Damien. Yeah, he's almost too gay to function. <laughs> that's funny. Put that in there. <laughs> oh no. Maybe that was only okay when Janice said it. Janice implores Katie to steal Regina's burn book so they can show the school how despicable she really is. Additional drama averted by Katie is when Regina finds out from Gretchen that Katie likes Aaron. Regina seems okay with Katie pursuing Aaron, but you would have to think it's, it's not going to play out well for Katie in the long term. Katie, after weeks of trying to make small talk with Aaron in math class, finally uses the tactic of acting like she didn't understand a certain math equation, though she really did, in order for Aaron to help her though he was completely incorrect with his calculations. However, this accomplished exactly what Katie wanted, a chance to see Aaron outside of school, and he invites her to the Halloween party. Now, Katie doesn't realize that for girls in the U.S., Halloween outfits are a chance to wear as little as possible, not to be scary, much to the horror of Katie, who dresses like an ugly bride with mangled fake teeth. Hey! You made it. And you are a zombie bride. An ex-wife. Love it. Can I get you something to drink? Yeah. Be right back. Thanks. Karen, stop it. Don't. 
Didn't anybody tell you? You were supposed to wear a costume. Shut up. I need to talk to you. You know that girl, Katie? Yeah, she's cool. I invited her tonight. Well, be careful because she has a huge crush on you. Really? How do you know? Because she told me. She tells everybody. It's kind of cute, actually. She's like a little girl. She like writes all over her notebook, Mrs. Aaron Samuels. And she made this t-shirt that says, I heart Aaron, and she wears it under all her clothes. Oh, come on. Well, who can blame her? I mean, you're gorgeous. And okay, look, I'm not saying she's a stalker, but she saved this Kleenex you used, and she said she's gonna do some kind of African voodoo with it to make you like her. What? This was it. Regina said she would talk to Aaron for me, and now she was. I know she's kind of socially retarded and weird, but she's my friend, so just promise me you won't make fun of her. Of course I'm not gonna make fun of her. How could Janice hate Regina? She was such a good... <gasps> Slut! What are you doing? You broke up with me. That's crazy. Why would I break up with you? You're so hot. Ah! That's a scary mask, bro. I had never felt this feeling before. I could hear my heartbeat in my ears. My stomach felt like it was going to fall out my butt. I had this lump in my throat like after you dry swallow a big pill. I hated Regina. I hated her. Regina took Aaron back. Oh no, Caddy. Why would she do that? Because she's a life ruiner. She ruins people's lives. When we were 13, she made people sign this petition saying that Janice was- Damien, please! Look, she's not gonna get away with this again, okay? We're gonna do something. We are. Regina George is an evil dictator. Now, how do you overthrow a dictator? You cut off her resources. Regina would be nothing without her high-status man candy, technically good physique, an ignorant band of loyal followers. Now, Caddy, if we want this to work, you are going to have to keep hanging out with them like nothing is wrong. Can you do it? I can do it. Okay, let's rock this bitch. Katie decides to stay undercover acting like she's part of the plastics in order to eventually take down Regina. And Katie would attempt small acts of sabotage like giving Regina foot cream, saying it was face cream, or like when Janice would cut Regina's tank top strategically so that the cuts only show where her boobs are. However, all of these attempts seem to fall flat because the foot cream actually smells nice and the cut tank top turns out to be a fashion statement because Regina turned it into one. We also discover the backstory of Regina's issues with Janice. Hey, why were you talking to Janice Ian? I don't know, I mean, she's so weird. She just, you know, came up to me and started talking to me about crack. <laughs> she's so pathetic. Let me tell you something about Janice Ian. We were best friends in middle school. I know, right? It's so embarrassing. I don't even, whatever. So then in eighth grade, I started going out with my first boyfriend, Kyle, who was totally gorgeous, but then he moved to Indiana. 
And Janice was like weirdly jealous of him. Like if I would blow her off to hang out with Kyle, she'd be like, why didn't you call me back? And I'd be like, why are you so obsessed with me? So then for my birthday party, which was an all girls pool party, I was like, Janice, I can't invite you because I think you're a lesbian. I mean, I couldn't have a lesbian at my party. There are gonna be girls there in their bathing suits. I mean, right, she was a lesbian. So then her mom called my mom and started yelling at her. It was so retarded. And then she dropped out of school because no one would talk to her. When she came back in the fall for high school, all of her hair was cut off and she was totally weird. And now I guess she's on crack. Part of Katie's plan to break the plastics was to first turn Gretchen against Regina. Katie decides to send candy canes to everyone but Gretchen, which drives Gretchen nuts. Things get even worse for Gretchen during the holiday talent show, which Gretchen initially botches, only to be saved by Katie. That was awesome. Uh, lip gloss. Hey, good job, Africa. Thanks. Oh, Katie's blushing. Oh my god, you totally have a crush on that guy. No, I don't. That's why you wanted to join the mathletes. Mathletes? You hate math. Look how red she is. You love him, and he totally complimented you. That is so fetch. Gretchen. Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. Why should Caesar get to stomp around like a giant while the rest of us try not to get smushed under his big feet? What's so great about Caesar? Brutus is just as cute as Caesar. Okay, Brutus is just as smart as Caesar. People totally like Brutus just as much as they like Caesar. And when did it become okay for one person to be the boss of everybody, huh? Because that's not what Rome is about. We should totally just stab Caesar! Gretchen Wieners had cracked. If you even knew how mean she really is, you know that I'm not allowed to wear hoop earrings, right? Yeah. Two years ago, she told me that hoop earrings were her thing and that I wasn't allowed to wear them anymore. And then for Hanukkah, my parents got me this pair of really expensive white gold hoops, and I had to pretend like I didn't even like them, and it was so sad. And you know she cheats on Aaron. Yes, every Thursday he thinks she's doing SAT prep, but really, she's hooking up with Shane Oman in the projection room above the auditorium, and I never told anybody that because I'm such a good friend. So Katie, Janice, and Damien attempt to have Aaron find Regina making out with another guy, which she does regularly, but those attempts of sabotage always fail. Then they get the bright idea to give Regina nutrition bars, which are actually weight gainers. Katie says they are weight loss bars since Regina is obsessed with her weight. And since they're from Sweden, Regina can't read the calorie intake and eats them like a fiend, which is over 5,000 calories a day. Regina could try out for the football team playing linebacker at this point. Katie, in the meantime, is starting to have the lines blurred between who she really is as a person as her true self is being taken over by the need for popularity and ruining Regina's reputation. The weird thing about hanging out with Regina was that I could hate her, and at the same time, I still wanted her to like me. Okay. You have really good eyebrows. Thanks. Move. Same with Gretchen. The meaner Regina was to her, the more Gretchen tried to win Regina back. She knew it was better to be in the plastics, hating life, than to not be in at all. Because being with the plastics was like being famous. People looked at you all the time and everybody just knew stuff about you. That new girl moved here from Africa. I saw Katie Heron wearing army pants and flip-flops, so I bought army pants and flip-flops. That Katie girl is hot. She might even be hotter than Regina George. I hear Regina George is dating Aaron Samuels again. The two were seen canoodling at Chris Iso's Halloween party. They've been inseparable ever since. 
I was a woman possessed. I spent about 80% of my time talking about Regina, and the other 20% of the time I was praying for someone else to bring her up so I could talk about her more. She's not even that good looking if you really look at her. I don't know. Now that she's getting fatter, she's got pretty big jugs. I could hear people getting bored with me, but I couldn't stop. It just kept coming up like word vomit. I have this theory that if you cut all her hair off, she'd look like a British man. Yeah, I know you told me that one before. Okay, I'm having an art show, so why don't you take a night off from your double life? I want you to see it. Goodness. What does that smell? Oh, Regina gave me some perfume. You smell like a baby prostitute. Thanks. Meanwhile, I was finding any excuse I could to talk to Aaron. I don't get this. Do you get any of this? Nice job, Katie. Kind of seems like you get it. If I was going to keep this going, I was going to have to really commit. Not your best. Damn, Africa, what happened? How'd you do? Not so good. You know, I think I need a tutor. I'll tutor you if you ever want to get together after school or something. Do you think Regina would mind? No, you guys are friends. Well, maybe we just won't tell her. So what did you get for this one? Well, the first time I did it, I got a zero. Wrong. But then when I checked it, I got one. There you go. I got one too. Yeah, you have to um, you have to check it because sometimes the product of two negative integers is a positive number. Yeah, like negative four, negative six. That's right. That's good. Well, you're a good tutor. <laughs> Man, um, look, I, I can't do this. It's not fair to Regina. Why do you like her? Look, I know she can be really mean sometimes, but... Then why do you like her? Why do you? But... Look, there's good and bad to everybody, right? Regina's just... <laughs> she's just more upfront about it. Oh, no, it was coming up. The word vomit. I didn't mean to say it, but... She's cheating on you! What? Say why? Somebody told him about Shane Omen. Who? He said some guy on the baseball team. Baseball team? I gave him everything. I was half a virgin when I met him. You want to do something fun? You want to go to Taco Bell? I can't go to Taco Bell. I'm on an all-carb diet. God, Karen, you are so stupid. Regina, wait. Talk to me. Nobody understands me. You're not stupid, Karen. No, I am actually. I'm failing almost everything. Well, there must be something you're good at. I can put my whole fist in my mouth. Wanna see? No, that's okay. Anything else? I'm kind of psychic. I have a bit sense. What do you mean? It's like I have ESPN or something. My breasts can always tell when it's gonna rain. Really? That's amazing. Well, they can tell when it's raining. To make matters worse, Katie is dumbing down in her studies in order to fit in, which is concerning to Miss Norbury, who can see what's going on. Failing? You know what's weird about your quizzes, Katie, is that all the work is right and just the answers are wrong. Really? Really. Katie, 
I know that having a boyfriend may seem like the most important thing in the world right now, but you don't have to dumb yourself down to get guys to like you. How would you know? I know. How would I know, right? I'm divorced. I'm broke from getting divorced. The only guy that ever calls my house is Randy from Chase Visa. And you know why? Because I'm a pusher. I push people. I pushed my husband into law school. That was a bust. I pushed myself into working three jobs. And now I'm going to push you because I know you're smarter than this. Thanks, Miss Norbury. And if there's anything I can do for extra credit, please let me know. Oh, I will. I hate her! I mean, she's totally failing me on purpose because I didn't join those stupid mathletes. She was so queer. She was like, I'm a pusher, Katie. I'm a pusher. <laughs> what does that even mean? Like a drug pusher? Probably. She said she works three jobs. You know, I bet she sells drugs on the side to pay for a pathetic divorce. You let it out, honey. Put it in the book. One of the really funny side characters, which you might miss, is Regina's little sister, who's probably about eight years old. So since Regina's mom is trying to relive her youth, and Regina only cares about herself, the little sister spends all of her time watching TV unsupervised. This means she reenacts dancing to inappropriate music videos and Girls Gone Wild videos. It's like the plastics farm system in the making. In the meantime, Regina is eating food like a fiend. Regina, we have to talk to you. Is butter a carb? Yes. Gina, you're wearing sweatpants. It's Monday. So? So that's against the rules, and you can't sit with us. Whatever. Those rules aren't real. They were real that day I wore a vest. Because that vest was disgusting. You can't sit with us! These sweatpants are all that fits me right now. Walk home, bitches. That's where you're going, fat ass. <laughs> and just like that, Katie is the new leader of the plastics, and her first order of business is to invite Aaron over to her house while her parents are gone for a small party, which of course turns into a huge party. Katie ends up drinking way too much and pukes all over Aaron after admitting to him that she was failing math on purpose in order to just to get to know him. Aaron is just put off by Katie now because she's just a clone of Regina, and he would have liked her as who she really was, the homeschool girl who lived in Africa most of her life. And then to make matters worse, her two real friends, Janice and Damien, are fed up with her. Oh god. You dirty little liar. Sorry, I can explain. Oh, explain how you forgot to invite us to your party? Janice, I cannot stop this car. I have a curfew. You know I couldn't invite you. I had to pretend to be plastic. <laughs> Buddy, you're not pretending anymore. You're plastic. Cold, shiny, hard plastic. Curfew, 1 a.m. and it's now 1.10. Did you have an awesome time? Did you drink awesome shooters and listen to awesome music and then just sit around and soak up each other's awesomeness? You know what? You're the one who made me like this so you could use me for your eighth grade revenge. God, see, at least me and Regina George know we're mean. You try to act like you're so innocent. Like, oh, I used to live in Africa with all the little birdies and the little monkeys. You know what? It's not my fault you're, like, in love with me or something. What? Oh, no, she did not. See, that is the thing with you plastics. You think that everybody is in love with you when actually everybody hates you. Like Aaron Samuels, for example, he broke up with Regina, and guess what? He still doesn't want you. So why are you still messing with Regina, Katie? I'll tell you why. Because you are a mean girl. You're a bitch. 
Here, you can have this. I want a prize. And I want my pink shirt back! I want my pink shirt back! <laughs> Damon is such a great character. Well, the shit really hits the fan when Regina finds out that the bars she's been eating are really weight gainers. And now it's time for Regina to go for the nuclear option. And she does this by handing over the burn book to the principal, claiming that all the entries must have come from either Katie, Gretchen, or Karen. Regina then spreads photocopies of the book entries all around campus, which, as you might imagine, causes mass chaos. Anything else you want to say? Oh, no, I can't answer any more questions until I have a parent or lawyer present. Miss Smith? Whoever wrote it probably didn't think anyone would ever see it. I hope that nobody else ever does see it. Mom, can, can you pick me up? I'm scared. Janice Ian Dyke. Oh, that's original. You get a function. Hey, that's only okay when I'm saying. Did you write this? No, I swear. Then you told somebody. She told. You little bitch. You're a bitch. Yeah, take your top off. Now here's what we're gonna do. No, we're gonna come quick. They've gone wild. The girls have gone wild. Was full tilt jungle madness. And it wasn't going away. I pulled these two off each other. Coach Carr, step away from the underage girls. Let me help you down there. Whoa! Hell no! I did not leave the south side for this. Tim Meadows now gets a chance to shine in the upcoming gymnasium scene. He plays this perfectly along with Tina Fey. Both should have been in the movie a lot more, in my opinion. Never in my 14 years as an educator have I seen such behavior. And from young ladies. I got parents calling me on the phone asking, did someone get shot? I ought to cancel your spring fling. No! Now I'm not going to do that because we've already paid the DJ. But don't think that I'm not taking this book seriously. Coach Carr has fled school property. Miss Norberry has been accused of selling drugs. Now what the young ladies in this grade need is an attitude makeover. And you're gonna get it right now. I don't care how long it takes. I will keep you here all night. We can't keep them past four. I will keep you here until four. Now, what we're going to try to do is fix the way you young ladies relate to each other. Okay? Lady to lady. So who has a lady problem that they like to talk about? 
Yes. Somebody wrote in that book that I'm lying about being a virgin because I use super jumbo tampons, but I can't help it if I've got a heavy flow and a wide-set vagina. Yeah, I can't do this. Miss Norberry, you're a successful, intelligent, caring, graceful woman. I am. There has to be something that you can say to these young ladies, something to help them with their self-esteem. It's not a self-esteem problem. I think they're all pretty pleased with themselves. <sighs> okay. Okay. Uh, everybody close your eyes. I want you to raise your hand if you have ever had a girl say something bad about you behind your back. Open your eyes. Now, close your eyes again. And this time, I want you to raise your hand if you have ever said anything about a friend behind her back. Open them. Uh, it's been some girl-on-girl -girl crime here. Okay, so what we could do today is a couple exercises to help you express your anger in a healthy way. Uh, let's start over here. All right, plot-wise, you can kind of see where this one is headed, but it kind of needs to be a little bit somewhat predictable. But the, the ending is very satisfying. Though, there is one twist after the gymnasium scene that the first time you see the film, it's pretty unexpected and awesome in a very dark way. Kind of in a Heathers sort of way. Those that have seen the movie will know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, check it out. It's definitely a nice throwback to those great 80s and 90s teen movies. Also, the brilliant part about Mean Girls is that it brings up a lot of important issues for teenagers without being preachy. Those that dig a bit deeper into the film will take heed in the subtle messages. If the film were too heavy-handed, it would harm the entertainment the film brings and also ruin the message as a whole. That delicate balance was pulled off very nicely by the filmmakers. All right, there were a number of deleted scenes, and I'll go through them. Uh, there's one called Damien Rigs the Table, and as the title mentions, Damien loosens the lunch table where the plastics sit in order for Katie's tray to st strategically slip into Regina's lap when she places her own tray down on the table. However, Regina gets distracted by Aaron, then Karen sits down and the food goes all on her. 112, excellent. Mr. Duvall asks Miss Norberry out for dinner, but she turns him down, saying she's not ready for pulled pork yet. Duvall deadpans, well, how about jerk chicken? Katie gets a tip from Damien to rig Regina's scale so that it always reads the same weight of 112, so that she doesn't catch on that the bar she's beating have been making her gain weight. Mom's underwear. Katie goes to Aaron's house to study, and they make small talk, but Katie is distracted that Aaron is folding laundry, including his mother's undies. Shoe shopping. Katie goes shopping for shoes with her parents, and her and her mom can't agree on what to get. It's kind of a funny scene where each says something to each other while subtitles are shown. For example, her mom says, I don't think those shoes are appropriate, while the subtitles say, those will get you pregnant. Tonight, I'll like it. Gretchen tells Karen that she and Jason might sleep together at Katie's party. And she says, tonight's the night. Karen says they've already done it twice, and Gretchen replies, yeah, but tonight I'll like it. This one's called Regina in Bed, and this occurs after a key plot point towards the end. Uh, it's a funny scene where Regina's mom said that someone left a gift for her, and it's a box of uh, Calteen bars, the weight gainers, to which Regina screams, No! <laughs> Norberry's car explodes. Just like it says, this occurs after the math competition towards the end, which occurs in the last 15 minutes of the film. 
Katie and Regina in the bathroom. This is a good scene at the end of the film that would give away some key plot points that actually made it into the film. But I understand why it was cut out because it would have dug a little bit deeper into the subtleties of the actual ending. And I think the way that they cut it out and the way they edited the film was was perfect as it is. All right, one fun fact. In the scene where Katie has asked if her muffin was buttered, that line originally was going to be, is your cherry popped? The same went for the girl who made out with a hot dog. This was going to be masturbated with a hot dog. Those were omitted in order for the film to gain a PG-13 rating instead of R. The muffin buttered line was likely cop from Weird Science from 1985, but that's just my opinion on it. All right, we have two guests who are definitely not mean girls, and they are longtime regulars from Damn Good Movie Memories. We first get Rachel and then Samantha, who have a great time reliving their childhood, talking about mean girls, and we'll have a lot of fun discussing that. So get ready for that, and I will be back next week to talk about yet another random movie from my DVD collection. All right, we are back with longtime guests. Rachel, we learned how to do, well, I learned how to do Google Hangouts, and so this is the first time we're actually doing it through the internet instead of in person. So it'll be different, but that's okay. So welcome back, Rachel. Hi, glad to be in the 21st century. <laughs> exactly. Even though the stream's everywhere, but it's a little different. It's always more fun to be in person, I think, to do these interviews. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I feel a little, I'm sitting alone in my living room right now, which means I'm probably going to just like talk too much because I feel really self-conscious about how I'm sitting alone in my living room right now. So do I give you, when we're doing these in person, do I give you subtle hints through body language that tells you to wrap up or something? Uh, no, I don't know. I think I am also just like overly aware of my body in person. When I'm in person with people, it's a social anxiety thing. It's fine. Um, See, this is perfect. And this kind of goes <laughs> alongside Mean Girls in some way. <laughs> so it's like social cues. That's right. When you were in high school, were did you know of a group that was kind of like the Plastics or at least a clicky type of group that you were aware of? You don't have to name names, but were you aware of groups like this? Yeah. Um, my high school didn't really have it the same, like, the same way as that, but there were definitely, like, some pretty distinct cliques. Um, but it wasn't as toxic, I think, as portrayed in this movie. <laughs> So yeah, okay, so give me some examples of ones, it doesn't have to be toxic, but of what are the different types of uh, crowds that would kind of hang out, uh, you know, in their own little <laughs> cafeteria, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's, well, the one that I was, I was, I was a band geek. I was, mm. um, it, so during lunch, I ate lunch in the band room, which was like in the corner of a campus tucked away down a hallway. So I didn't <laughs> really interact a whole lot with like the open larger area where everyone else was so i don't know if that says a lot about me um and the <laughs> what table i would be sitting in in that uh cafeteria scene um let's see there were like i don't know how to describe this it's like it because it, it feels a very like uniquely bay area thing mm -hmm. um the popular filipino kids but i a lot of my peers who went to school in the bay area like have of some version of that and it's like different you know depending on where you are but there was that and the, <laughs> I don't know I don't I, I don't want to draw these clicks based on race because that's definitely sure, what sure. it was but like right, I went right. to a school that was primarily Hispanic and Asian and, and then there were like the skater kids I guess who right. I sort of interacted with a little bit and um I don't know. My my high school wasn't super clicky, but there were just like a couple sort of distinct groups. But we all like mingled with each other. It wasn't like we weren't allowed to talk or socialize or like be friends with everyone else. Like I mm -hmm. just sort of 
drifted you know like I was pretty firmly like in the band geek friend group like those were my people but then um like I had close relationships and good relationships with people all over the school sure. so it was it, that part was kind of nice there were definitely like groups but none of it was really like gate- no one was really gatekeeping um it sometimes felt like that but that's just what high school feels like um sure yeah, I don't know if it's evolved over time. I remember because I'm, I'm about 15 years older than you are. So for me, you definitely had a, you had your 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 sports group, your 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 athletes. You had your your kind of your your burnout slash stoner group. You yeah. had your your music kids. You had just you know the I guess there was a mean girl click at my high school and everything. But I was I was kind of fortunate enough to kind of have my toe in everything because I kind of yeah. get along with everything. So that was nice. Uh, but I could see, you know, the different sides of that. So I don't know if that's evolved over time. But like you said, the barrier is kind of, it really is a melting pot. So maybe it's different than than other, you know, states and other cities. Yeah. And like, there was definitely the popular girls at my school, but they weren't mean. They were really nice. Good. Like They were really nice people. And also, like, I was in the same school district, K through 12. So it's like mm. a lot of the people um, I had known forever. So it was a lot different than, you know, saying something like Mean Girls, where Katie Heron moves and meets all these people for the first time as a junior, right? Like, I, right. by the time I was in that situation, I had known a lot of these people for like a decade already. Yeah, and that that's one of the toughest things for anybody going to a new school is, is you know, and especially in the movie, she's coming from a whole different country. So yeah, uh, yeah or continent. And uh, yeah, it was completely, completely different for her. So we'll go to the movie. And did you, did, I would assume you saw this in the theater, because it seems like right up your alley. No, I didn't, actually. Wow. So my um the the have you seen this movie game that you and i like to play it's something that i have been uh, a a pro at for a really long time so this movie came out in 2004 Mm -hmm. and i saw it like i think two or three years later so i was in fifth grade in april in 2004 (laughs) okay Uh, see i can't see okay yeah 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 around there i think and then i saw it in middle school like on DVD, like my best friend and her cousin came over and we ate too much candy and watched Mean Girls because my friend was like, how, like, how can you not have seen this movie? We're going to watch it. And so she came over with a bunch of Sour Patch Kids (laughs) and we watched Mean Girls and and my life was forever changed. So I think I was like in eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade. So it was a couple of years after it had been out. So that would have been the perfect time actually for you to see it because you're kind of going into that, that, that phase of your life. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it, it it resonated more with me than it than than it probably would have if I had watched it when I was ten or eleven years old. Right, and no, that's true. That's a good point. And uh, by the way, you are at the cool kids table now at work, so you know it could. That's be true. We the, we are the cool kids. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For those that you don't know, me. yes, we <laughs> we sit. We used to be call it Brian Island because longtime guest uh, Brian Provenzal is it was also on the podcast was in our little group too. I still call it Brian Island. It should be. I, I agree. Yeah. It's, I agree. it's like how they called Rachel Island, Rachel Island, even after the other Rachel left. So even so after what? I left and I wasn't sitting there anymore, people still called it Rachel Island. <laughs> so we'll get, we'll get into the movie. Uh, who's What character kind of stands out the most for your, who, who's your go-to uh, for this particular movie? In what sense? Like who do I find who, the most entertaining? Yeah, okay. Or? So yeah, who, we'll, we'll make it twofold. Who do you identify with the most? And then, who would be the one that actually character wise do you actually enjoy the most? So it doesn't have to be the same. Um, who do I enjoy the most? So from like the main like student cast, yeah, I yeah. actually really like Gretchen Wieners. 
I think yeah. she's so entertaining and so sad and um, really funny. Like Lacey Chabert like delivers a lot of her lines. It's just like, no, I couldn't imagine anyone else doing it. Uh, in terms of who I identify with, I don't know if I really identify with anyone in this story. Um, it, the closest I could get, maybe Janice Ian, except I think I would like to think I'm a nicer person than she is. Because <laughs> that's one of the things that I think is kind of brilliant about this movie is that like, none of them are very nice. Like no. Janice and Damien are super mean too in their own ways. Oh, that's absolutely true. And uh, yeah, because Janice is just kind of, she's bitter. I mean, she's an outcast, but she's not no nice. <laughs> she's not nice at all. Uh, yeah. The Damien character is amazing. He's super hilarious. He gets some of the funniest lines in the movie. Yes. I want my pink shirt back. Right. <laughs> Danny DeVito. I loved you. Yeah. <laughs> of the, the fetch girls or the, the, the plastics, the plastics. Um, you definitely like, like Gretchen the most. Well, I don't know. They're so... They're so I I like all of them as a unit, right? Like I think it's hard to evaluate the plastics individually because their dynamic is so based on the group dynamic, which is I guess dictated in a way by Regina George because right. once Regina George is out of the picture, Gretchen and Karen don't they start following Katie, like right? They don't really have an identity outside of who their friend is. Mm-hmm. Um and I always thought that that dynamic was really interesting to see and and I felt bad for Katie being sort of thrust into the midst of that because she didn't really know how to handle it either. Yeah, that's absolutely. So in your high school, did you have any students that came in, you know, midway through, you know, the four years you were in high school? Yeah, there was a girl who uh she moved she started school at my high school, I think her our junior year. And it was tough for her. Um she was in like band and everything too, so I spent a lot of time with her and we became pretty close, but it was definitely like I'd have to imagine that it's hard for me to imagine because like I said, I was in the same school district, like my whole grade school. So it was like hard for me to even fathom what that must be like to then be dropped, not only in a new school, but like, like everything is new. Um, and yeah, there was some adjustment I think on her end that she needed to do. It wasn't quite the same thing as like, you know, starting school from Africa. But, right. Um, yeah. It seems like it's a weird dynamic. Yeah. I was the same way as you. Like I had been in the same school district, you know, K through five, K, K through uh, 12. And uh, yeah, there were, I always, I was always fascinated by the new kids that were either from a different state or even a different city. That was always fun to me because I, I don't want to say we got bored with the people I knew forever, but it was always kind of nice to meet someone. She you know, makes it up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. a lot of times they, you know, they, for usually the better, they come with a different perspective, like, which I think is a lot of fun. I don't know if this ever happened to you, but I, there were some that sometimes they felt like they had something to prove or maybe it was just a, a male thing, <laughs> but they felt they had to kind of be more grandiose about where they came from or, or what they used to do there just to kind of stand out a little bit more. So I had, I had well, yeah. friends that were like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's definitely, especially in high school, where there's this need to sort of assert your identity. And right. I'd have to imagine that if you were coming into a situation that's new around a bunch of people for whom it's not new, there's this sort of need to like really quickly establish yourself in a way that's like so you're not seen as the new kid and you're seen as like who you I don't know I don't want to say who you are I don't think people in high school are really seen who they are for the most part um, no. but like yeah I can imagine that it, it makes sense to me I guess when people start at new schools or whatever and sort of feel the need to over present um or be a little bit performative at first because it's like you need to identity in high school is like everything. Right. And so when you come into a situation that's new, you don't really have that 
And so you want to like establish it as soon as possible. I could see that. Right, right. If you so if you could go back to high school, would you have done anything different about maybe certain paths you would have taken? Or are you pretty much content with what you made the right choices back in high school? I would have been nicer. Really? Yeah, I was nice to my friends. And I was like, outwardly nice. I was really bitter, though. Like I was one of those kids who was like, felt like I was too good for, for that, right? Like I felt like I was destined for greater things than wow you know this I was one of those like I hate my hometown teenagers right (laughs) um and I think I took that out on a lot of people who didn't deserve it um Mm. so like yeah I was sort of I was pretty condescending and like you know I was one of the more top students in my class too so I took that as a reason to feel like I was better than everybody Mm. which I, I wasn't right but in it, it was easy for me to feel that way so I think like if I were to go back I would try to like approach my classmates with more empathy um mm-hmm. and partially because it would make me feel better but also I think like they deserved more than what I gave them well that's what uh high school reunions are for so you'll be able to <laughs> yeah go well my tenure yeah. <laughs> my tenure reunion is next year although oh, wow. my, it, it, for whatever reason, it's assumed that like the former class president plans it, and my former class president literally a couple of days ago just gave birth to twins, so I think Ooh. she's going to be a little busy. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Especially what's going on in the world right now, yeah. Probably, yeah. So going back to the movie, what are some of your favorite lines? Oh my god, <laughs> there's all like the classic ones that get quoted all the time, um, and for good reason. Like I was watching it last night, and all the ones that really stick out that everyone knows they like. No, for a reason like the really um uh oh my god like you can't sit with us on wednesdays where we, we wear pink like uh <laughs> i use the phrase personally victimized a lot because i really love the like who here has ever felt personally victimized by regina george <laughs> um some some other ones that sort of fly under the radar stuck out to me yesterday too when i was re-watching it like i want my pink shirt back um it happens like really fast <laughs> it just, yeah, like, it driving away. yeah yeah <laughs> Or like, and then the classic, like, that's why her hair is so big. It's full of secrets. That's, that's one of my favorites too. I really like that one. Everything it's the whole movie is just so quotable. Um, when they're talking about the rules, when they're trying to get Regina George to not sit with him, cause she's wearing sweatpants. Sweatpants, yeah. Uh, yeah. And Karen was like, the rules are real that day I wear a vest because that vest was disgusting. <laughs> like, I don't know, that exchange always makes me laugh. And then um, the whole, like, I remember before I saw the movie, I was familiar with the trailer, of course, because it was all over the place. And the scene where Karen's saying it's like she has ESPN or something was in the trailer. And so that mm-hmm. one I like said a lot even before I had even seen the movie. So how do you feel about Lindsay Lohan as an actress? Because just kind of, I think this was pretty much her peak. I mean, everyone kind of thought she'd just get bigger and bigger. And I, unfortunately, I think her personal life kind of got in the way because she had such a strong beginning. So how did you feel about her as as an actress? And uh, do you think she can make a comeback? I loved her. I think and I think her her performance in this movie was like, yeah, pretty peak. I never saw Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, but mm-hmm. I did see Freaky Friday, which came mm-hmm. out the year before this and thought she was really good in that, too. And then, of course, The Parent Trap and and Life Size, <laughs> one of my favorite <laughs> Disney Channel original movies. Um, yeah, I really liked her. And I feel really sad about everything that happened um, with her life and everything. I don't really pay attention too much to what she's doing now. I know that she has some various like ventures and had a reality show or something going on. I don't know. I know she's like 
doing stuff but soft spot for for her especially because she's only a few years older than me right so it was sort of like my seeing my like peer mm-hmm. have this time and it's just sort of the same thing with amanda Bynes too right like, right that i will always have this sort of like soft spot for for them even no matter how much their lives have crashed and burned because it, i'd have to imagine that's a really hard life to like be i don't know i don't want to say it's so hard to be like a rich and famous movie star but to do so like so young um yeah, nobody's ready for that. Even I mean, it's such a uh, it happens over and over again with the very few child actors become great uh, actors when they turn adults. I mean, you you have the few like Drew Barrymore and and Natalie Wood, but even Drew Barrymore went through a lot of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. at that age, and she kind of came out the other side. But yeah, it's very very difficult. And if your family isn't supportive, that can be very difficult. Yeah. Or your family's after your money or whatever else. Exactly. Like so there was a sequel, but it was made for television. Did you see that in 2011? No, okay. I did okay. Not. Then that leads to the question. If you were to create your own Mean Girls sequel, um, how would you have the plot be? What would you do? Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> what? what a question. That's really interesting too. Cause one of the things that stuck out to me when I was watching it yesterday is just how like 2004 this movie is like, right. it's such a, the the dynamic and like the kind of cattiness and the overarching themes I think are fairly timeless but so much of the specifics is like very slices of time and I wonder how a story like that would be told now where there's all this extra influence from like social media and all this other stuff um because you know the burn book was basically like you can replicate that with just like someone's finsta right like their their private instagram account yeah um or just how like it's all it's all the same right like everything changes and nothing changes but it would be interesting to see like a more modern twist on that that sort of does the same thing like it's the themes are the same the themes are pretty timeless but the like way that they're executed is would be different yeah, it was is more. I don't necessarily want to say twenty twenty because like no one goes to school anymore. <laughs> That's true. So all this would be virtual. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know, <laughs> but just that general idea of like the world is is a little bit more complicated now than it was in two thousand four in ways, especially for teenagers. I think um, mm-hmm. so. It would be cool. interesting to see how that plays out. I think that's one of the good things about uh, this movie that kind of makes it timeless. Like you said, the, the whole burn book is kind of genius because that you could still do that. And uh, I think people would still uh, appreciate it. And it almost kind of is a nod back to your, your teen movies from, from the past as well. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. It's so good. My mom like refused to watch it because she hates watching women be mean to each other mm-hmm. or no, that's not it. I mean, that's partially it, but she has like low tolerance for like the vapid, uh, like teen girl character uh-huh. but it took me a long time to get her to watch it because I had to convince her it's like no mom that's not what this movie is like those characters exist and they definitely are like that but the like message of the movie isn't let's laugh at these teenage girls right like it's something mm-hmm. a little bit bigger than that um well your mom actually kind of is spot on because that I mean, that's what that book was originally about it's like why tear each other down we can bring each other up and that mm-hmm. seems to be a common theme, especially for for younger girls at that time. Like they're they're competitive without even realizing they're competitive, or why they even should be competitive with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that, and like Legally Blonde, right, where you have sure. these um, the especially with marketing and trailers and stuff, sort of portraying that like vapid blonde girl character is like a some sort of appeal and to some people that's appealing and to some people it's not but then when you actually watch the movies and dive into the material it's like oh no this is something much like more positive and affirming and like good for women so 
I stand yeah, by it. it. Well, one thing, and we don't have to spoil it because it, just in case nobody's, did you did you see the ending coming? At least the the kind of shocking part because I didn't see that coming when I first saw it. No, and you know when I I, I am not. I still to this day I'm not totally sure how I feel about it. <laughs> it seems a little hacky. It does, but yeah, yeah. It, and they kind of make it work. I wonder if, I, I know th- some scenes were cut out, so it's possible that's that's why it probably feels like that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they made it work. I think it, it's fine. And the movie is so ridiculous that you sort oh, yeah. of like lend a little bit of forgiveness. Like, okay, that's really ridiculous. But at this point, I'm along for the ride. Um, so that makes sense. But no, I didn't see it coming. Okay. Although they do foreshadow it. They definitely yeah. do, and then, and then they even get a little another nod to the new the new crop that's coming in as well. <laughs> exactly. So. so I don't know. Maybe the character I relate to the most in that movie is the bus driver. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that might be a first. All right. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. And I will I will definitely find another movie for you. We'll we'll continue to play the game. Has Rachel seen this? Yeah, and maybe um, with all of this extra time I have being at home, I'll I'll watch more. Maybe. Thank you again, Rachel. All right. Thanks, friend. Well, it's been far too long, but we get her back. It's our resident guest, Samantha. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> so this is the first time we're doing this over um, a Google Hangout or, or a, you know, an internet call, because usually we're, we're at work and we can, you know, see each other, can, you know, play each other, you know, play off each other. But today we, we can't do that. So <laughs> we're going to attempt to do this uh, unlike we've ever done before. Uh, yeah, it still works. We're still recording. Yeah, if so. anything, probably the audio is better. Who knew? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about the 2004 movie Mean Girls. And uh, so I, I pinged you about this, and you're like, oh, this is right up my alley. So <laughs> uh, before we actually get into the movie, and I had asked uh, Rachel the same thing because she, she loves this movie as well. When you were in high school, were there any clicks that were like uh, the plastics, or were there or any clicks in general that you had noticed uh, during your high school years? Um, I, I would say, yeah, like I went to a pretty big public school in Northern California. Mm -hmm. So it kind of, I think the thing about Mean Girls is it did look a lot like my high school. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah. Like we, I went to like a pretty diverse high school, big sports scene and yeah, like it really, it really is true. And like watching the movie back, like mm-hmm. I'm like, and I went to high school around the same time as the movie. Oh it, yeah, the time capsule of what high school looked like. <laughs> but I wouldn't say we had like the plastics. Um, it wasn't that you know that tropey, but yeah, there are definitely some similarities. Part of this movie is based on like a self help book that was written. Uh, that Tina Fey kind of turned around into a screenplay, which is pretty awesome. Uh, And part of what the book was saying is that a lot of times girls especially would kind of tear each other down for not even realizing why they're doing it. Like there was this weird competitiveness when there shouldn't have been. Did you see any of that? Or was that that just something uh, you always have to kind of deal with? Yeah, I would say there was some catty, Mm -hmm. catty stuff in high school. I kind of was friends with a few different groups, so I saw kind of a bit of both sides to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, everyone was pretty competitive. I don't think I hung out with Mean Girls exactly. Oh, good. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> That's what I was getting at. Were you, <laughs> were you one of the mean girls? But I, I knew a few. I knew a few. And yeah, there were always, there were always some, some little dramas. So That's when the, the high school reunions come into play where you, uh, I don't know if you're there yet for, for the 10 year and the oh, 15 year. I skipped mine. I skipped it. Okay. <laughs> Cause that's where it gets interesting. People that you would, you didn't really, weren't very nice to you back in the day, suddenly become your best friend. And it was like, did you forget? Like <laughs> we weren't really friendly back oh, then, yeah. but yeah. Uh-huh. So that's always fun. So yeah. would there be anything you would have changed or done differently uh, if you could go back to high school? Oh God. <laughs> I was, I was kind of that person where, I think looking back, I was pretty shy Mm -hmm. and I think people thought I was really snotty because I was a little like shy and I kind of did my own thing. And um, so I I wish I was a little more like not outgoing, but maybe more, I put more of an effort in. Okay. (laughs) But but yeah, I was kind of, I focus. I was very like focused on myself and mm-hmm. kind of like getting out of high school. I don't know what can you do now, though. No, that's true. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I appreciate the self reflection, though. So we'll <laughs> we'll get into the movie itself. And uh, was this something that you saw immediately when it came out? And uh, it was right around the time when this would have totally in- oh, interested you. Yeah. I was. I'm trying to remember if I saw it in the theaters or not. Um, I feel like I did, but. Yeah, I can't remember. I know I've I've seen it dozens and dozens of times. Mm-hmm. Like it was so such a thing. I'm a couple, I think just a couple years younger than Lindsay Lohan. So Okay. Yeah, it was the around the I was the perfect demographic. <laughs> so were you a fan of her work? Because this is like pretty much her peak, I would say, at least performance-wise. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I grew up with her movies. Mm-hmm. Parent Trap. Ooh. <laughs> Excellent that version, and then yeah, all of her all of her Disney stuff. I watched all of that, all of her, all of those movies from like yeah, late nineties till two thousand five ish, until she kind of had her moment. <laughs> yeah, kind of like unfortunately, life kind of got in the way for her and her family drama, and it's sad because she really was after this movie. It kind of just all kind of went downhill after that. Yeah, I think so because she just started. Yeah, she got into that that party scene. Yep. Right, that Hollywood Hollywood <laughs> life. So, of of all the characters, which uh, which is your favorite, or which do you identify with the most in, in the film? And it, it doesn't so, have to necessarily be the the kids either. <laughs> so, for some reason, I've always thought Karen is the funniest. <laughs> I just love her, but mm-hmm. like on a personal level, I think I'm more of a Janice. <laughs> oh, really? But I I always liked Janice because she was so um, a little rotten. I, I never <laughs> acted like that, but it's like, that's kind of what I wished I could have been a little more like her. Um, but yeah, the, I think funny, like comedic wise, those two, for some reason, always I always thought they were so funny. So what's funny about Janice is that she's really a mean girl herself. It's just uh-huh. that she's, uh, she's a different form, a different clique of mean girl. Exactly, exactly. And she, you know, she's like, oh, you know, ugh, she just hates the plastic so much. And 
instead of just ignoring it, she tries to, you know, get her revenge. Yeah. Well, I think that's what's fun about this movie is at one point she was friends with all of them. And then yeah. I think this all happens to us as, as you grow up, some of those, those friends, you either, you start hanging out with other people and then something happens mm -hmm. and magically you're not friends anymore. Yeah. Oh, exactly. It's happened to happen to definitely me in yeah junior high and high school. You had, yeah, I had friends in junior high, very similar thing who you know, people start to change and then start hanging out with different people. And then when you're, yeah, when you're in high school, it's like, ugh, I won't even like look at them in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any students that came to your high school that were uh, maybe not from a different continent, but um, came from an entirely different, you know, city or something like that, that was new to uh, new to your particular high school? Um, oh God, we had some like, well, we had some foreign exchange students. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was friends with a couple of them. They were always really nice. And in terms of like people coming from far away, I don't really think so. I was friend. Yeah, I was friends with a girl who like her family. She used to she did live in another country. And then yeah, we were friends in like the eighth grade. And then mm -hmm. it just yeah, some stuff went down, so. It fizzled out. We weren't friends. <laughs> well, we were friends, but we weren't friends. There we go. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> kind of to move to the the adult, I love, I think Tita Fey should have been in the, the movie more, along with Tim Meadows. Like, oh, Tim, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Tina Fey's character is, she just has, also she has so many great little, like, self-deprecating one-liners. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, of course, you know, the movie's not about the teachers, but no. yeah, they, they had a really good, yeah, they were, they had really solid roles that were good, kind of good to balance with all the, the high school stuff. Yeah. Cause Tina Fey was the, the perfect type of teacher to have. Like mm -hmm. she was, she, she, she actually cared, but she was cool at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Like, she didn't seem oh, stuck I wish up. I, had, I wish I had a teacher like that. Oh Yeah. It was like kind of nice and a little fun. Mm -hmm. And then pretty much Tim Meadows carried over that character to the gold to the Goldbergs, which eventually became schooled, uh, where he's the, he's the principal now. So oh, oh, I've never seen that. Yeah, he pretty much yeah, it's oh, okay. pretty much the same character. Yeah, he's great. Oh. He's got some real fun scenes. Yeah, yeah, and I always like like we've talked about like SNL and SNL movies before, but oh yeah. I always have a soft spot for like that generation of SNL cast members. So yeah, I loved when this movie came out and it was like Tina Fey, Amy Poehler had her small role. Oh God, the mom. <laughs> I was like, Ooh, so good. Well, that and Anna Gasteyer who plays yes. uh, oh, yes, mom. Of course. Yeah. Oh, she's another one. She's so funny. She didn't get enough, get enough lines. But oh, I agree. I agree. So, what are some of your favorite scenes from the movie that uh, that you can remember that still um, stick with you? Well, just um, spoiler alert: I did watch it today. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> good job. I won't say when we're recording. <laughs> um, but oh gosh, what are my my favorite scenes? Well, I think like just such the classic scene is when they're doing. I love high school movies when they do tours of the school. Mm -hmm. 
like, oh, I love it when it's like, okay, at this table, at this table, <laughs> oh, this is where this group hangs out. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I love when movies do that. I think it's so, just so funny. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so the whole intro was really cute and um it's very fetch yeah very very fetch (laughs) oh god the halloween party (laughs) oh that makes that just breaks my heart every time oh when she dresses up like the the bride (laughs) she dresses up and it's like oh my god it's so cringe um but yeah i love the love the halloween party that's a great little high school movie yeah scene you get the yeah everybody shows up at the house party dressed up and then you have the you know boyfriend drama um and then you finally see like ooh Regina George is horrible mm-hmm. um that that's a good classic scene i love skipping to the end when they have their little um like I don't know what they call it, but they have that meeting in the gym at the end. Oh, when, yeah. It was like kind of a rally, like a trust rally almost. Yeah. 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 They all have to, they get up and say like what they're sorry for and apologize. Yeah. That really brings it together. And I always laugh when like Damien's in the back with his like hoodie on. You didn't go to school. <laughs> you didn't even go here. Oh. He's yeah. got some of the best lines. He's actually one of my oh, favorite characters. I love him. I, yeah, he's so good. Yeah. Oh, what else? I don't know. What are some of your favorite moments? Well, definitely that. I, I think um, you kind of nailed most of them. Those would be my favorites actually with the probably the adults, probably because at the, this point, like I saw this when I was already in my mid 20s. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So I probably. I still love teen movies and I, you know, I grew up on those, you know, John Hughes movies. So I, yeah, I, I think that's yeah. what kind of drew me to this film is there are a lot of nods to, um, you know, those, you know, eighties teen comedies. And I think oh, that's why it kind of still holds up today. Like they, they're not totally relying on technology uh, quite yet. No. Yeah. Not at all. Oh, that's really, that's really funny. You bring that up because it could kind of, this movie could kind of exist. Mm-hmm from like yeah 80s 90s 2000s kind of like what we think of like traditional high school and yeah all they have is their burn book <laughs> right and, and and rachel brought the same thing because today it would have been you know on your phone or something like that yeah. so the burn book actually is kind of timeless yeah and i think for me like i was one of the last you know high school generations where we didn't do everything online. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there was MySpace and like people were just starting to get into Facebook. Right. Like when I was like a senior. Um, but yeah, we had old phones. Like, we didn't <laughs> the flip like, phones. <laughs> yeah, like we didn't text all day. Like, right. you could like, I am people, but like, I didn't have my own computer in high school. <laughs> So, that's true. The phone was still technically a phone. Like you were still using yeah. it to call people, not necessarily, you know, surf the internet. Yeah. Yeah. So I do. That's a really good, interesting you bring that up because, um, yeah, it's a whole, whole different vibe than if we were to see this movie made now. Yeah. I think that almost the charm would be gone, mm-hmm. I think, in many ways. Yeah. 
and how everyone is like, you know, they're just talking to each other on the phone after school, like gossiping in class. And a lot of it's like, you know, these like rumors that just get passed by mouth. And like, I feel like now kids, it's like they just do everything on like, I don't know, Instagram. Right. Like that social human element is kind of lacking now, which I think is is not a good thing (laughs) at all. Yeah. Um, so if you were to make a sequel to this, I know there was a, like a straight to video sequel that nobody, nobody saw. What, what would you do? How would you do it? <laughs> oh gosh. I don't know. Does it, it never really clarifies what year they are. I think they're juniors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they could still have a senior year. They kind of allude to it at the end. Yeah. With the, new, the new crop. Yeah. Like they kind of, the end of the movie, I feel like it's the beginning of the next school year, mm-hmm. um, or it's like right at the end because they have the like spring fling, right? Um, and yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that ending. By the way, I think the spring <laughs> speech was a little sappy. Yeah, this <laughs> But if I were to do a sequel, uh, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about sequels. Maybe. Maybe do senior year. Mm-hmm. Maybe do like a like a follow up, um, like college edition. I don't know, <laughs> but it's like when they send the characters to college, is it usually that good? No, I mean, I guess I kind of thought maybe they could do mean teachers, but maybe that would be too much of a reach. Oh, ooh, you could do just kind of like a tangential sequel, like right. Easy. The faculty. <laughs> yeah, because there was definitely stuff going on with them that they probably just, they didn't even bother to get, get into. Because yeah. they kind of alluded that Tim Meadows was kind of asking, you know, Tina Fey out on dates and she wasn't ready. Yeah. Because, yeah. Oh, you could totally do like a funny teacher movie with Tina Fey. Yeah. Yeah. Because they did do, I, I did enjoy Bad Teacher with Cameron Diaz. Oh, I never That was completely that. off the wall. Yeah. Yeah. But something like that from her side. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. And then we'll go back to the Halloween party. Did you ever attend Halloween parties in high school? And what was your favorite costume? Um, oh, for us, we would usually just get together at my friend's house. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think they were ever, I never, we didn't have like big parties or anything. Um, we would just, yeah, like dress up and, um, we all lived in like neighborhoods that were very mm-hmm. close to each other. So everyone would kind of like walk around and stuff on Halloween. I was kind of a bit of a, I, I like hated everything in high school. So <laughs> okay. <stopped> dressing up. <laughs> so you were Janice. You really were. <laughs> but no, not that, not to that level. Not that bad. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was kind of like looking back. I was like, "Oh, Samantha, you could have just been a little nicer, just a little, <laughs> just go with the flow a bit." But I would probably, yeah, I don't, I don't even, I don't even remember. <laughs> I'll just say I was a witch a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it was just That's an easy costume. Oh man. Oh, but I, yeah. That, that's a good that's a good good scene that that Halloween that Halloween party. So you never went to any like those big raging parties they still always show in movies or, or things like that because I did have a those were definitely those were kind of big when I was in high school. 
No, not so much with, yeah, my group. We would usually just stick around, stick with our our group. Uh-huh. Um, oh, this is getting a little introspective, but <laughs> this is good. By the time I was like, you know, a sophomore, junior, senior, I didn't really like a lot of the people at certain things. Oh, okay. I really made no effort. Um, so you were totally ready for college when was, you were a sophomore. I yeah. was done. I was done by the time I was 16. <laughs> I, had, <laughs> I had enough. I know. And I also, I lived in a, a little small town. <laughs> there really wasn't much to do except, yeah, meet up with your friends. Go to Denny's after the football game. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, that was kind of the same way. Like it was a small town, but we always found there was always it was never my parents' house because they they wouldn't go anywhere, and uh, which was smart because I, I don't think I would have had uh, the guts to do it anyway. But yeah, some people would like their parents would go away, and there would be hundreds of people in you know houses, and the yeah. police would be called and. I mean, we never did anything really stupid, but we were definitely drinking. A lot of times, we would just go to the beach in near Half Moon Bay. Oh, yeah. And that was always an easy way to kind of get away with things, even though oh, the drive yeah. up there was never fun. So I yeah. know. That was our big thing, too. We would just drive over the hill over to Santa Cruz. Right, right. Have, like, bonfires and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think just where – who I knew and, like, where we went, like – yeah, we never, we couldn't really do much, and and you don't miss it. No, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Unfortunately, today's kids, because we're recording this in 2020 during the pandemic, they're going to miss out on all this fun stuff. So I know. Yeah, I feel bad. My cousin, she just graduated from high school. Oh, geez, yeah, and so they had yeah. to do a virtual ceremony. Yeah, she missed out on her whole like senior year. No, oh. no prom. No. Um, yeah, no graduation, um, all those like events were all canceled. Did you go to prom? I, I went to my junior prom. Okay. But you were done by senior. (laughs) I did not go to my senior. Everyone. Yeah. I don't regret it at all. Um, but yeah, I did not go. I forget what I did that day, but yeah, I was just like, I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> well, I did the same thing. I don't think it means as much to guys, the prom, but my senior prom, I didn't go to the actual prom, but I went to all the parties afterwards. Oh, yeah. And then the next day, we all went to the to the Giants game, so I was happy no, not, not spending the money and all that stuff, and I just had, you, yeah. everyone likes the parties anyway, so. Yeah, like, oh, the limo and oh, yeah. the dresses, like, ugh, it's just. <laughs> Not me, not my thing. So you would definitely recommend this movie uh, of all ages. It still holds up for you. You just saw it. Oh, it still holds up. Um, I think some of the some of the jokes now are a little a little tone deaf, mm-hmm. um, especially given our current political climate. Yeah, it was kind of interesting considering uh, the writer was Tina Fey. Um, yeah, but I didn't. I mean, I didn't have a problem with that. I thought the jokes weren't they weren't bad bad no no but i yeah a lot of it is kind of yeah the movies it's a big the stereotypes definitely play into the movie and the clicks Mm -hmm. Um, 
yeah, I don't think they would have made it the same way now, which probably wouldn't be as good of a movie because they'd be yeah. too self-aware. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it it holds up. Um, it's so funny watching it now because you see like the actors, they definitely look like they're in their 20s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In early 30s. <laughs> um, like that really, really is so obvious. Um, but I just have to say, like this movie, I watching it, I'm like, oh my God, I used to quote so many of these lines. <laughs> like, and I'm like, oh, that's right. That it, the, this came from Mean Girls. Right. I used to, <laughs> my friend and I, we used to always do the like, <laughs> I'm sick <laughs> excuse. And I'm like, oh yeah, it came from here. Did you ever have a day where you could wear sweatpants or no, never? Oh, no. I, yeah, no, I never once wore sweatpants. To <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I can't ever match you wearing sweatpants. No. no. Yeah, I was one of those, like, I did like my clothes and yeah. people knew that. <laughs> um. But, oh, just, yeah, so many great lines. And, um, yeah, I think the characters, they are so kind of, like, multifaceted, which I liked as well. Um, like, they really were, like, built up. Like, um, you think, like, you know, the plastics are all just kind of, like, you know, rich, rich popular girls. But as the movie goes you kind of get a little more of their history and mm -hmm. just, yeah, it is. It, it does feel like pretty authentic. You know, you just kind of want to fit in in high school. Right. And right. so I think a lot of people, you either kind of try and get along and suck up or mm -hmm. you kind of go the opposite way. <laughs> yeah. I think the kids are kind of more self-aware. Like they kind of realize like a lot of this stuff is just going to go away, <laughs> you know, down the road. Like it's not always going to be like that. Yeah. They're, they're probably more self-adjusted when, once they go out in the real world, as opposed to those that are definitely peaking in high school and, uh -huh. and, and that that's was as good as it got for them. You, yeah. Those are the ones you can kind of tell. And, and they're the sad ones when you see them many years later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I know the other thing I like like about this movie too is just yeah, there's so many different characters and right. like you hear from them, and I like when they do those little like cuts of um, like different people speaking to the camera mm -hmm. uh, with you know their little thoughts about yeah, like oh Regina George, like oh what was it like. Um, she punched me once and I wasn't even mad. Right. <laughs> She's a fun, that's a fun uh, character actress. Yeah. Like in those, yeah, those characters just keep popping up and I think it added like some good, like depth to the movie too. Um, and oh, yeah, so it definitely brought levity and kind of oh, nice little transitions. Almost yeah. like, that, almost like the scene you were talking about with the whole uh, zoning of the cafeteria type of thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm glad I watched it again. Well, I'm glad I could entertain you during, you know, all this self and all this quarantine stuff. So thank you for joining me for Mean Girls. 
Probably, like, maybe I should try and contact some of my old friends that I have. That's talked. what I hope. So from this, don't be a, don't be a mean girl or, or a mean boy or mean whatever. And just uh, stay in touch with people. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, good, good suggestion. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, it definitely, like, was... I think, you know, marketed as like a teenage girl movie, but like, as you can attest to, it's definitely more. Oh, yeah. That. Like, yeah, I was a teenager when this came out and like I had, you know, definitely dressed like them and all that. But <laughs> I think now and it's still it's it's more than just, yeah, it's more than just like a little silly high school movie. Well, I think the movies that do real well can kind of, you know, and I think that's what the brilliance of those 80s movies were because you look at like 16 Candles, uh, on the surface, it should be kind of geared towards, uh, you know, the female audience, but actually that one's for absolutely everyone, even though yeah. she's the main character. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Mean Girls does, as you said, marketed it that way. But I think if, uh, if the male audience kind of gave it a chance, they'd really enjoy it, especially the humor. Oh, it, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, even even though if you were never a teenage girl, like a lot of the kind of a lot of the emotions apply, I think, to a lot of people, um, you know, even when you're a bit older. Like oh, how- sure. And and getting that perspective, I think, would be good for boys, too, just to see oh. what, what, what girls have to deal with. I know. Yeah, just so many, so many emotions, just a lot, a lot going on. A lot, a lot going on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> on that note, thank you again, Samantha. All right. Thanks.